0: (laughs) I have some cards made up, and uh, can I get my helpers in the back to help me pass these out? It's a prayer card, and I I want all of you to have one of these. Not just for family, I want each one of you to have one of these. You don't know where Jace went? Well, okay, fine. He's going to bail out on it. The going to pass these out for us. Just just go down the rows. That'll be fine. On the card it says this. God, today I submit my mind, my eyes, my mouth, my ears, my hands, my feet, my heart, my whole life to you. Use me for your purposes. It's a great prayer. I want you to put this on a bathroom mirror. I want you to put this on your desk at work somewhere where you're going to see this every day every day okay refrigerator i don't care where you where you choose to put it but i need you to see this every day and when you see it read it through and when you read it through then i want you to pray just a quick prayer i want you to pray for our church I want you to pray that our church grows spiritually and numerically. There's a lot of people lost out here, folks. There's no reason why we can't grow too. Amen. Don't have to be the big boys; they, they they can't have all the fun. But some people may ask, "Why are you? Why are you where you are? What do you have to offer?" And all I can tell them is, "All we can offer you is Jesus." I don't have a multi million dollar setup. I don't have a multi million dollar sound system. I don't have a multi million dollar video screen and projecting system. I don't have smokes, lights, smoke lights, and cameras. I don't have all that. But what I do have is Jesus, and I'll be glad to give him to you. So I want you to pray for our church. I want you to pray for me, especially during this 10 week series on the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words. I want you to pray for me. Because I need your prayer. There's battles that I'm beginning to fight that I'm not comfortable fighting alone. I need some prayer help. Okay? So you fight with me. You pray with me. And we can watch God do some great things. Do you believe it? Do more than three of you believe it? (laughs) I hope so. I hope you do. Because God is... God is great, and all the time. And then God is good, and all the time. That's a better phrase there. And He's great, and He's good. God is better. (laughs) We could go on and on. One of the classes I'm working on now to offer to you is Christianity 101. It's an apologetics class. I've been praying about it a long time because I'm concerned that our teenagers... And our young adults and really older adults don't know how to answer skeptics. We live in a time when it's, you don't, people don't believe it. People don't believe this. There are, you remember Russell used to call them consumer Christians? They're looking for the next best thing. Church shoppers, they call them. What's in it for me? I'm going to the big one, I'm going to this one, I'm going to that one. Well, they're offering this, I'm going to run over there to this one. They're offering that, I'm going to run over there to that one. All we can offer them is Jesus Christ and a relationship with Him. And man, if that's not enough, okay. But I want to also equip you. Part of my job is to equip you to do the work of ministry. And Mark Barrier recommended some material to me and I uh, hesitated a while, I prayed about it. But I started looking at it yesterday, and I, I was I, I was I was amazed. I was caught off caught off guard, really. But I like what I hear the guy saying in uh, these. Uh, it's a video series, but it's really good. It's excellent, and it'll be done on an, uh, on a day off of Sunday. Find out if you really want to learn, you'll you'll come. Okay, if you don't want to come, if only one of you comes, that'll be great for me. I'm not worried about drawing a crowd. I want somebody who's coming to serious amen somebody who's serious we need to get people that are serious in their walk with God but I want to give you some arsenal so that you can defeat Satan at every turn it's really important so that'll be coming uh, be, be watching for that but be sure and look for this uh, be sure and get that card strategically placed so that um, you can begin to pray and lift up this church lift up your preacher lift up the programs And just specifically say, God, can you bring new people? Can you bring new people to our church? And God will begin to bring them. Uh, Brother Ron Morrow has been coming for now for several weeks. And uh, he just loves our church. And I just love this guy. He's got a grab He loves talking football, doesn't he, Brian? He is a football fan. Is he an OU fan? He's got to be an OU fan. I mean, he's he's related to Kim Morrow. He's got to be an OU fan. But... uh, they squeaked one out yesterday, Brother Ron. <laughs> I wasn't sure they were going to make it. Did you? <laughs> but that's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let's dig in this morning. Have you ever known someone? you ever known someone who either couldn't hear very well or acted like they couldn't hear very well? But quick pointing fingers—that's not what I would have you. Or they legitimately couldn't hear very well, but they acted like they could because of the way they would respond back to you. Any of you? Okay. My brother—many of you have met my brother. My brother, when he was younger, was a hygiene nut. He had perfect teeth, he was born with perfectly straight teeth, he always had nice hair, and he always smelled good. And then he did something that was the most disgusting thing I've ever watched in my entire life. Any of you have any idea what I'm leading to? He would clean his ears out with stuff. And he used to clean them out with the Q-tips. I mean, that makes sense, right? And then I would go into the restroom. Well, I knew when he had been in before me. And he had cleaned his ears. Because not all the gunk got out. He finally went to the doctor, and the doctor told him to quit cleaning his ear so much. He's going to damage his hearing. So that's what I've used against him for years. to "See, you you ruined your own hearing, man. You can't hear because you poke too many stuff. To poke too much stuff down your ears. We should clean that old disgusting earwax out. Any of you? Any of you have somebody you know? Oh, okay." But once, I discovered that once in his life that he would clean his ears out, he really could hear better. He really could. I was glad to hear the doctor say, you don't ever have to clean your ears unless there's really an issue. Just let it go. Nature will take care of itself. I was glad to hear that because I didn't want to do that disgusting thing that he does. Well, you know, it's important that we're able to hear. Because by hearing, we learn. We learn. And learning is vital. Would you say amen? Those of us that have raised children, we tend to use a phrase with them that says, listen to us or listen to me. Sometimes we have to cup their little faces in our hands and say, listen to me. Sometimes we put our hands around their throat to pray with them. Listen to me. Emphasis added. I read a story about a dad who was telling his daughter to do something and she walked away. And as she's walking away, she covers her ears and she started singing to drown out dad talking to her. So then he says, does anybody want M&M's? She stops and says, did you say M&M's? So see, she could hear, she just didn't want anybody to think she could hear. I wonder if God doesn't feel that way about you and me. He wants us to hear, but do we? Or is our hearing more selective, as Cindy tells me mine is? Or is there really a deficit hearing problem? You see, when kids listen, it goes better for them because we tell them things for their benefit. Parents do not tell kids things to do or behavior to to display just because. it's always to get them to do something better for their life. And then my little grandson, Braden. He's learned what timeout means. And he seems to spend a lot of time there. He reminds me of one of my other sons who probably should have spent more time in timeout. But we couldn't keep him there if we put him there, unless one of us went and sat with him and made him sit there. A little Braden just gives you that dog look like I am beat up now, Grandpa. Help me out. And I have to drop my shoulders and walk away because he's in trouble. But his parents put him there to get him to understand. There's some vital information they're trying to get to him. And that is learn obedience and learn it quickly. We're living in a time when kids need to learn obedience. Amen. Oh, man. Are we ever. We're making Sodom and Gomorrah look really good. But you know, the same is true with God. He doesn't make commandments for His benefit. Instead, He gives them for us. Deuteronomy 4 on the board. Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. Keep His decrees and commands which I am giving you today. What does it say? So that it may go what? Well with you. And your children after you, and that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God gives you for all time. You see, God's commands are given so that we can enjoy the best life possible. When you're a kid growing up, you think your parents are put there to be evil influences over you. To be dictators. To rob all the fun and joy out of your life. That's, they get up every day and think, how can I make my children miserable? Because that's what I'm going to do today. I'm a parent and I can't wait. And children get up every day thinking, how can I make my parents' life miserable? Because I can and I will. So the battle rages, amen? And sometimes we treat God the same way. So the question is, why are we talking about the Ten Commandments or the Ten Words? I mean, shouldn't we be preaching about Jesus crucified, resurrected? Salvation in Christ? Too often we hear the story of Jesus' resurrection, but we never stop to ask, why did He die in the first place? Jesus died because we've all broken the commands that God gave us. And when we sinned, it severed our relationship with God. He died as a sacrifice for our sins. And when we put our faith in his work at the cross will experience that forgiveness and the forgiveness of sins and will gain eternal life. But there's something else that's really important. Sometimes those of us who've heard the gospel and responded to it miss something. We miss that God's commands are good. And that's why we're launching into this study called Ten Words. What does it mean? The ancient Hebrew rabbis talked about the 10 commandments that God gave to Moses. They didn't speak of them as commandments. They spoke to them as or of them as 10 words that God gave us. 10 words that if we heed them and live by them, then we will experience the best life possible. I love watching sporting events, football especially, and I love the strategy behind it all. Because you see, though we may be down, though your team may be down a touchdown or two, there's a strategy and you can watch the coaches get their heads together and all of a sudden they begin to see this opening that all of a sudden was there, that wasn't there before or they hadn't seen it before. And then when they see it, they exploit it and boom, we get a touchdown out of it. And wow! The other night, prime example, Union drives down, 63-yard run right up the middle. I went, my goodness, how did that happen? We get the ball back, 18 seconds, we score a touchdown. Well, where was that play all along? Well, it wasn't ready till then, you see. Somebody saw that that play would work. Off they went. It's the same way with God. We've got to understand that the commandments that He gives us, the words He gives to us are to help us to excel in life. Not be in time out. But if we neglect these ten words that God has given us, life gets to be hard. You might say, but preacher, we're in the New Covenant. We're in the New Testament. Yes, but these principles of these words bear true today. So by way of introduction, I want to answer the question, why are the Ten Commandments relevant to us? Three reasons. Number one, God gave us ten words to reveal Himself to us. Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 and part of verse 2. says, Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your what? God. Once you come to grips with that, you've pretty much got it under control. Amen? It's not about you. You, you, <laughs> you may be the strongest person in the whole wide world. You might be able to lift weight that you've never been able to lift before in your life. Woo! Glory. Glory. You may have muscles sticking out all over you, like, mm, 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 mm. Guess what? You're still not bigger than God. You may be ISIS and cut people's heads off because they're a Christian. You're not bigger than God. You may be Iran and be ready to get a nuclear weapon and destroy the world. You're not bigger than God. There will come a day. The Bible says there will come a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue will. Confess that Jesus is. Ooh. Ooh. I heard a talk show host the other night say, I don't believe in. I don't call anybody Lord. I call him God. I thought, well, why don't you call him Lord? He said, I don't want anybody lording it over me. I don't want anybody lording it over me. Well, boy, he's messed up. He's lost the whole. He's lost everything, hasn't he? That's amazing. But God gave us ten words to reveal Himself to us. I read a story about a young preacher who uh, described the time that he met his wife. They were at the same college and they were at a friend's house. And uh, this young preacher, wasn't a preacher then, but this young preacher then uh, was a guitar player. So he's, he's playing the guitar and she and a bunch of people are sitting around listening. And she's not really paying much attention. He's trying to get her attention. Because he liked what he saw when she came in the room. Amen? That's what guys do. So he stops playing. He goes over to talk to her and and, uh, introduces himself and asks if she likes school. And she said, oh, yeah, I love school. How about you? (laughs) Well, he didn't have the heart to tell her that his high school plan was a five-year plan. The best two years of his life was his senior year in high school. But she says, what about you? And he says, well, I love school. I mean, he didn't want to tell her he wanted to be a musician. But the funny thing is six years later, he becomes part of the leadership of that college. And married her. And later she says, hey, you lied to me when we first met. And he said, no, I wasn't really lying. It was just prophecy. (laughs) I was just sharing prophecy. God gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments to reveal himself to us. It's an explanation of who he is. Of who He is. I am the Lord your God. God's law is an expression of God's nature. So if you want to know what God is like, then the Ten Commandments can show you. Why did the Ten Words say today, take a day off? Because God did. Why did the Ten Words say to honor your parents? Because Jesus did. Why did the Ten Words say not to lie? Because God doesn't lie. Why did the Ten Words say not to commit adultery? Because God is faithful. What's the point? The ten words show us who God is. For every characteristic in the Ten Commandments is a characteristic that you and I should embody, and it's a characteristic that God displays. But here's the other reality. and these ten words, God is seeking to show us who He wants us to become. Look at Genesis 126. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the seas, birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and all the creatures that move along the ground. We were made in God's image. We're created in that image. And so when we obey the commands of God, we become who we really should be. The commands don't save us. God didn't give the Ten Commandments when the children of Israel were slaves. He didn't say, follow these commands and I'll save you. He said, I'll give them to you. And He gave them to them when they were free. They were free when they got the commands. These ten words reveal God to us. They reveal to us that God wants us to be, what He wants us to become. And and that we were created In His image, which takes me to the second purpose for these ten words. God gave us ten words to set us free. Look at the rest of verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You ever seen kids play t-ball? That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. They'll get up and they'll hit the ball. And they'll hear, run! And they take off. Some of them who have never been coached at all, there's no telling where they'll go. <laughs> but they just hear run and they just take off. Some of them go to third base. Some of them go to second base. Some of them go into left field. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. And the coach is running after them. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know what's funnier, the kid running the wrong way or the coach running after him to try to get him to go the right way. But you got to teach them the rules you got to teach them that when you hit the ball, you go this way to first base. Now, you might say, well, oh, it's just T-ball. Don't don't make a big deal about it. But if you don't teach them the right way early, when they're older and they're ready to play regular baseball, they won't know they'll hit the ball and take off to third base. doesn't work. You'll be out. Can you see the pros doing that? I wonder if some of them don't think that way, but... That's what God's ten words do. They give us a framework so we can enjoy life freely and enjoy life the way that God intended it to be enjoyed. He gave Israel these commands once they had been set free. So the goal of the ten words is to help us stay free. Stay free. And here's what I mean. I've heard people say the ten commandments are God's highest standard for living. I don't necessarily see it that way. I see them more as the framework for us to live deeper and higher in our walk with God. It's like tithing. People get so caught up with tithing. Had a conversation with a person just this week. Well, I just don't believe in that ten percent thing. Just give what you want. Just give what you want to give. Okay. Just give what you want to give. That's fine. But are you giving anything? See, ten percent is just a starting point. But for us, we think that's monumental. And it is because for you and me to turn loose of 10% of our income, oh, oh. You know, last week I mentioned to you that we were in some deficit position just in our general fund giving on the course of the whole year. And unbeknownst to me, somebody had already heard about that and they responded. And they gave at least half of it. In one offering. I was kind of kidding around when I said, if you happen to have a check laying around, just write it for us. Well, somebody did. Wow. I always know things are good when the treasurers come out smiling. Things are looking a little better. You see what I'm saying? God is ready to bless you. If you're ready to be obedient to Him. It's not murdering people being the highest standard. It's not. It's one of the most basic laws, and that's why Jesus took the law to not murder to a much higher level. You ever had an ingrown toenail? I used to have those. And it cost an extra hundred dollars if they put the stuff down inside. You know, they'd pull the nail and then put the stuff in it so it wouldn't grow back. So I'd always go to the cheap side. No, 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 just pull it out. it would be okay. And then what, six months later, you're back and doing the same. So it's costing you more money. So finally I said, "Uh, okay, just do it. So glad I did. Never had another problem. Because I followed the basic steps from the doctor's statements to make it well. And stay well. That's what God wants us to do. Jesus said it this way about murder. He says, you've heard it said to those of old, I shared this with you just a few weeks ago, He shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Raka was like saying, you're completely worthless. Raka was a sound made when you spit on people as a sign of disgust. So Jesus gets to the heart of the matter and starts talking about anger because murder doesn't happen without you being full of anger. So the basic law is don't murder, but the internal law is deal with your anger because your anger, unbridled, kills people. You ever you ever found or been around somebody so mad? I mean, they're just their their face is red. They're just. And if you ever ask them, why are you so angry? What do they usually say? They don't know. They've been so angry for so long, they don't even know why they're angry, but they're angry because they're angry. They're mad. When you covet, you become a slave. You're not free. You're a slave to the desire for that thing. God wants you and me to be free. That's why He gave these people that had just come out of slavery these ten words. And that's why we need to hear them as well. Which takes me to my third reason why these are words to live by. God gave us ten words to show us our need for Him. God gave us ten words to show us our need for Him. Look at verse 3 of Exodus 20. You shall have no other gods before me. And what's interesting about that command is that it assumes you are already in a position of worship. That's what it assumes. It doesn't say if you worship a god, make sure it's me. And what it says? It says instead you're a worshipper because I created you to worship. So since you you're going to worship, make sure it's me that you're worshiping. I'm the one that you should be showing affection toward. I'm the one that you should be giving your whole heart and life to. So why does God say that? It's because, is it because God is afraid of the competition? Well, not at all. It's because God knows we become like what we worship in Psalm 135 it says, The idols of the nations are silver and gold, made by the hands of men. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but they cannot see, ears but they cannot hear, nor is their breath in their mouths. Those who make them will make them make will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. Have you ever met someone who worshipped their car? I mean, they didn't bow down to it, but all the conversation was about the car. Does that hear me? You got a overdrive? Got the cams? Got the lifts? I mean Can we carry on a conversation besides what's about the car? I saw a truck the other day when they opened the door, the the, the, the thing comes out from underneath. The, the the step comes out from underneath. You know that's why that's a truck now. I mean, a guy opened the door and things I thought, does it reach down and grab you by the foot and lift you up too and then put you in a car? I saw one that they made for a handicapped guy. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. You, you pull up in the driveway and stop, and the whole door assembly and everything starts to go out with the guy in the wheelchair sitting in it. That's unbelievable! Maybe more unbelievable that he could drive it. <laughs> then, he gets, then he pushes a button and it takes it on and back in. It looks like a regular car. Unbelievable! God wants you and me. To become like what we worship. And we were created in God's image. So we are truly ourselves when we become more like God. In words and in actions. But here's the bad news. And what I'm saying is impossible without God's help. All of us are sinners. That means we've all fallen short of God's standard. I mean, look at the Ten Commandments. Look at the ten words that he shared. I'm guessing we broke at least one of them. But what's interesting is they're all connected. James 2.10 says, Whoever shall keep the whole law, and yet stumble in one point, is guilty of all. That's why following Christ is so much superior than following the law. Because if you mess up on one, you've messed up on all of them. I mean, we're all guilty of breaking the first commandment, putting, that is, putting God first. I'm not going to believe that you haven't put somebody else in that spot. All of us have let other things take first place in our lives at some point. Do you know what happens when we do? We start coveting other things and we break Commandment number ten. We start lying to give ourselves more worth and we break Commandment number nine. And if if I don't give us, if it doesn't give us the validation that we want, then we'll overwork and prove it to them and we'll break Commandment number four. All these commandments are connected to each other. We're unable to keep these commands perfectly. And so we fall short of God's standard and that separates us from God. But what's amazing to me is that God didn't leave us there. God wants us to be in connection with Him. God wants us to be in relationship with Him. God sent Him into this world to live a perfect life. And He was able to do it. And then He went and died on the cross. And Satan said, I win. And three days later, you know what happened. Three days later, He rose from the grave. Three days later, victory became ours. Three days later, God's strength and power and might proved itself. And so the question of the hour is, what are you going to do about that? Because, see, the first beginning fundamental step for every person is to, first of all, claim Jesus as your Savior. The Ten Commandments and words were given for a purpose. And that purpose is to allow God the opportunity to save us. But He can never save us until you're ready to surrender. Until you're ready to surrender. I've been working out for a while now at our gym. I've, you know, you've heard me tell my story. Lost quite a bit of weight. Kept it off. But I'm telling you, Mondays are, are rough days because i got to go start the week again. After four days on Thursday, I'm just shouting hallelujah because I know that I've got three days to break before it starts up again. But there's... a I can't get the results if I don't go work out. I can't get the results if I don't push myself away from the table. I can't get the results if I don't discipline myself to do the things that God's called me to do. I can't get the results if I don't drink more water. Really? Water? Yeah, water. You've got to drink water like it doesn't even... Uh, I mean, I, I might as well just have a spigot running the whole time. As much water as I'm supposed to drink every day, I might as well just turn the faucet on and just stay there till I get through. It's just crazy. But when I drink water right, it affects everything. That's God. When I'm drinking from the living water, it affects everything. And so if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, don't let another day get by that you and I don't sit down with the Word of God and open it up and, and let's just see what all that means. Because I believe that God's ready to save you if you're ready to be saved. So I want to challenge you to consider that. I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm asking you to be a Christ follower. I'm not asking you to give up anything that God won't restore many times over. But He can't and won't force His way in. But if we'll open the door, He'll come. Father, I ask You this morning to move among us, stir our hearts a little bit. I know there's people in this room that need to make some commitments to You and decisions for You. Father, I'm praying that they will have the courage to do that. I'm also praying for those that need to uh, make decisions about their life. Some have already claimed you as their Savior some time ago, but they've gotten maybe complacent, need to be re-energized. I'm just praying, Father, that you will truly work through them and work in them. Just bless us, Father. Bless everyone here. Maybe there's somebody here that just needs to come forward and fall on their knees and spend some time in prayer with you. Uh, It's always available. The altar is always available for there to come. Father, we love you. Would you move today in Jesus' name? Amen.